With spring right around the corner, maybe you like me, you're excited to get out for longer walks and runs, pick up a new book to read outside, or just get out and explore new neighborhoods and food. Or we could do all three wrapped in one. Our friends over at Read and Run Chicago are expanding to nearby Lamont for three different meetups. The group is like a combination running club, book club, and neighborhood tour, and each route in Lamont is about three miles paired with a different book from Pat Camaliere's Corotazi Historical Mystery Series. Afterwards, you'll get to sit down with the author and historian and sample some food from local restaurants. The first run is Saturday, March 23rd. Spots are limited and are going to go fast. So register now at readandrunchicago.com or find the link on their Instagram at readandrunchicago. Today on CityCast Chicago, it's almost the greatest city in the world's birthday. Yes, next Monday, the city of Chicago turns 187 years young. But instead of cake, we was thinking maybe we should eat some onions to celebrate. Now, if you completely lost, I got you. We're revisiting our conversation with Tribune food critic Louisa Chu talking about the smelly vegetable that gave Chicago its name. It's Wednesday, February 28th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. Louisa Chu, welcome back to CityCast Chicago. Thank you so much, Jacoby. I so appreciate the fact that when you think of onions, you thought of me, you know? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you are one of our go-to people in Chicago to learn about uh, food history. And, you know, not just me, but a lot of people may have heard that the name Chicago comes from a Native American word referring to smelly onions. But is that true? Is, you know, is there a a specific onion we're talking about? Yes. So um, legend has it that um, the name Chicago comes from an indigenous Native American word for a plant that we now know widely as ramps. And um, they are very similar, you might think, to green onions or to, uh, you know, scallions, however you prefer, uh, or chives. If you ever encountered ramps in the wild, you will know that that is a wild green because it is so pungent and so delicious. And I want to kind of reclaim the word stinky because Mm -hmm. in this case, it is so fragrant. And like I said, I mean, you smell it. If you sustainably harvest a leaf or two in an area that you are allowed to, do not go to the forest preserve. Don't (laughs) let me catch you in the forest preserve because that is a preserve, not not a harvest. Okay. Um, so if you find, um, a ramp and you put in your fridge, you open it up a little bit later, you're like, Whoa, what's going on there. And so, um, it is very distinctive. There are indigenous native American peoples, uh, whose word is similar to what we now pronounce as Chicago. We are living on unceded land of the Potawatomi people. Um, uh, you know, maybe most notably or known in the Chicago area, but um, it it sounds, uh, it looks like it's phonetically spelled Chicago. 
And then the the Algonquin people have their own version uh, of the word as well. Uh, Do these things still grow wild in our area? Luckily for us, yes. But like I said, I get to tell you, when I used to live next to a forest preserve, I would see people pulling them up the plant root and all, and I would go off. I would go off. All right. (laughs) And um, so luckily, yeah. And you'll know if you walk through some wild land in the springtime, because it is a seasonal spring wild green, when the snow is melted down and the earth is all black and muddy and swampy because we are living on top of, you know, swampy land, you will see greens poking up and those are ramps. And so not only do they make themselves known by sight and by scent, but absolutely, we are so lucky that they are still growing wild. But again, they are a wild plant, extremely difficult to uh, cultivate, and they take a long time to reach to that beautiful, green, leafy, fragrant plant. What ramp dishes should diners be on the lookout for come spring when they're prolific? The dish that I am now waiting for counting the days um, is the ramp raviolo at Daisy's in Logan Square by chef and owner Joe Frillman. So it is a gigantic raviolo, like what we know as ravioli or, you know, not the canned stuff. It is a giant <laughs> face size raviolo, just like a single one. And so he uses uh, fresh ramps in the pasta dough. So it's green and pickled ramps in the filling along with cheese and a soft, runny egg yolk. I am kissing my lips and my mouth is watering just from the memory of it. Me too. And yeah, oh my gosh. I kind of feel like um, everybody should just send all their ramps over to Daisy's (laughs) 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 so they can um, have enough um, to, you know, to, to make those amazing raviolos. So those are absolutely wonderful. Probably my favorite dish that I've encountered in my life so far um, in Chicago. But um, you can also find them at places like Jumbu or H Mart when they do their seasonal house-made kimchi. Oh, again, it's so incredibly good. They do the um, the, the seasonal uh, Korean kimchi that's typically made with green onions or scallions. But that brief time that they're available in season, they'll do the house-made kimchi with that as well. So incredibly good. The City of Chicago Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection offers a free entrepreneur certificate program for future and current business owners in Chicago. Participants must complete six webinars within six months in designated webinar categories. Graduates are eligible to apply for the CIBC Bank USA Entrepreneur Loan Program, a bank partner with BACP. The longstanding program was created to support startup or early stage small businesses, gain entrepreneur training with important working capital. Since the program launched, more than 1,000 Chicago entrepreneurs and business owners have successfully completed the program. Completing the process is as easy as one, two, three. Number one, register by signing up at chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. 
Number two, attend six webinars by registering for upcoming webinars at chicago.gov slash BACP webinars. And number three, graduate from the program and you'll receive your digital certificate and information on connecting with CIBC Bank USA. To learn more about the BACP Entrepreneur Certificate Program, please visit chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. Uh, so we talked a little bit about ramps and then people will still go back to the smelly onion. A little trivia question. Do you know what the most popular onion variety is? Oh, um, I was not prepared for trivia. I'm going to take a stab <laughs> and say yellow onion. And there you go. That's why you don't have to be prepared for trivia, but you always <laughs> prepare. You ain't got to get ready when you stay ready, Louisa. Yes, the, the yellow onion, which there are, uh, you know, a few different types of uh, when you head to the grocery store. Are there any restaurants in Chicago that are making onions the star of a dish? We've got to go to the classic French onion soup. Mm. So we have to think go to Le Bouchon in Bucktown, where they make their soup à l'oignon gratiné, the classic, like they put so much onions in there and they cook them down. And again, my mouth is watering. And of course, it's like <laughs> in this incredible, like base of the soup and then top it with cheese doesn't hurt at all, you know? So that's kind of like a seasonal classic, even though they offer it pretty much year round, like as we're moving into soup season. Mm -hmm. I got a dish where it, it's not the star, but it somehow still uh, uh, steals the show mm -hmm. and virtue short rib. Mm -hmm. I get it almost every time I go and you know, mm -hmm. you got the cream spinach and the potatoes, but that caramelized onion gravy that's mm -hmm. in that dish just it, it just turns it up to a next level <laughs> each and every time I have it. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, I, I've talked a lot about Giant on the program over the last couple of weeks, but their onion rings mm -hmm. are something that mm -hmm. I get. I grab a couple small plates every time I go and the onion rings are definitely one um, that I love. I got to say for another onion dish that may not necessarily people think of like this is an onion dish. But for me, I'm like, this is onion, uh, onion territory. Mm hmm. Jim's original, the griddled onions on a Polish sausage or a bone-in pork chop sandwich. I was going to say Maxwell's. Yes. I get mine off of 79th uh, mm -hmm. in South Chicago. And that burger and the amount mm. of onions. Put, put more if you want. But the amount of onions <laughs> they throw on top of that double right. cheeseburger hits right. every single time. Yep. Um, and, I, and I don't care how many they put on it. Yeah. That's one of those sandwiches where like I kind of think like those are the kinds of sandwiches where like if they kind of forgot even the Polish or the pork mm -hmm. chop or like the burger, I wouldn't necessarily miss them. But if they missed the onions, you know, mm -hmm. I, mean, I think that I would be like, hey, what's happening here? I mean, for so many people, onion is it's, you know, it gets a bad rap, right? Onions is at the base of so much. What do you think onion brings to a dish? Why, why is it so mouthwatering, whether it's in soup or, or caramelized or grilled or, or in a base? Yeah. I mean, the versatility and again, that fragrance, again, it is a humble vegetable and um, it is something that keeps and it is something that makes just about anything taste better. And so I would say that, uh, you know, there is a reason why, like you were mentioning, the different cultures that have onions at its base, it really is such an incredibly versatile and um, affordable vegetable. 
Speaking of, so versatile, goes in so many cultures. How far back do you think humans have been cultivating onions? Oh boy, um, I would say, let's see. I don't even know how far back we can be considered humans. <laughs> I'm just gonna go for the classic 2000 years. Research indicates as long as 5,000 years Ooh. or more potentially, mm. we've been playing around with onions. So <laughs> let's go from 5,000 years to now. Which state is the top producer of onions? Oh, boy. Um, so let's see. Climate. I'm going to say California. And you would be right. California oh. is the top producer of <laughs> onion produced by the rest of the West Coast. As you immediately mentioned climate, right? the rest of the coast. Um, Cali is also the top producer of garlic, which, mm -hmm. as we said earlier, is related to onions and ramps. Yeah. Um, what are some of the most unique onion dishes you can find in Chicago? Mm -hmm. Well, one of my favorites is a vegan and gluten-free spring dumpling made with spring onions, carrot kimchi, peas, and mustard beet foam at mm. Bloom Plant-Based Kitchen in Wicker Park. So uh, Chef Rodolfo Quadros uh, makes this amazing, stunningly beautiful dish. When I was thinking dumplings, like, you know, we all kind of think of dumplings, like the way it looks like, a you know, kind of like that emoji. This was like this beautiful, again, bright green little packet and like topped with this like amazing ethereal like foam sauce. And it was so intensely flavorful. It kind of just really redefined, again, the expectations for uh, that those light flavors of spring. Hey, I'm going to give people one more. The play on a rodeo cheeseburger, which mm. is like a, a cheeseburger with uh, barbecue sauce and mm -hmm. onion ring. But over at Nikki's in mm. uh, Beverly, you can get a smoked brisket sandwich topped with two fried onion rings um, and it's got the barbecue sauce on the brioche bun with a little bit of slaw on top uh, and it's a fantastic sandwich so I love me a good onion ring on its own but if you throw it on top of something um, you know I ain't gonna be mad at you I love that you specify which Nikki's because that Nikki's in Beverly is doing a little bit more you know kind of like expensive experimental chefy things because mm -hmm. as we know um nikki's is maybe best known for the big baby which is the chicago style burger and that is elemental you gotta have the onions on that burger as well I mean, with all of these dishes that we've talked about, we've talked about the versatility. Uh, and again, we've talked about the tears, which I've heard means we just need to sharpen our knives, sharpen our knives a little bit. Uh, do we give onions enough credit? You know, I guess I guess it really depends on um, the culture. Um, and, you know, in my circles, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's why we have like you know, certain friends, it's always kind of funny when people say like, oh, don't eat onions or garlic or whatever on a first date. And I'm like, yeah, do, because, you know, <laughs> get get that cleared up like right away. You know, I mean, <laughs> like know who you're spending your time with. And um, so if uh, somebody that, you know, wants to like, you know, go and have like some incredibly wonderful stinky slash fragrant onion with you, you may have found the right person to spend some serious time with. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a it's one of the items that makes it in every single uh, grocery list because it's one of the most used items that I have uh, in my house. What what do you think is the best onion date dish? Oh, boy, that's so hard. We to didn't say. talk about soups and sandwiches. Yeah, 
I was thinking about the um, the Kung Yu Bang or the Chung Yao Bang or the Scallion Pancake at Lao Pingyong. And um, it is the Chinese restaurant in Ukrainian village, um, which literally means like old friend. And so it is this wonderful, flaky, when we used to can't say pancake, really, it is mm-hmm. like a, uh, it is like this layered, like wonderfully, just like crispy and chewy, delightful, sweet and tangy uh, pastry. And each one is handmade. So you have to have a little patience, take a little time. So if you're going to go on a date, that's like a time to chat mm-hmm. and like get to know one another while they're making it. And then, you know, maybe kind of like, you know, those cartoons where you sort of pull it apart. You can each take one side and pull it apart and share. Um, so, yeah, that, that you know, can't miss with it going to a place that's called Old Friend, right? Louisa, it was nice to catch up with you, my old friend. And I knew when this idea came up that you would be the person to go to. You came with plenty of great restaurant opportunities for folks. And we'll drop some of those in the show notes. Uh, so, again, thank you for making time for us. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, stay tapped into all CityCast Chicago has to offer by bookmarking our website, chicago.citycast.fm. And to get the latest news and events in your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday, subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago. Hey, and if you got ideas for the podcast and newsletter, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can leave us a text or a voicemail at 773-780-0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood, and your idea. Oh, one last favor. If you really want to show CityCast Chicago and Hey Chicago some love, consider becoming a member of CityCast. Starting at just 8 bucks a month, you'll get ad-free listening, members-only updates, and the opportunity to help us make sure we're still here for another, I don't know, 700, 750 episodes. We really appreciate you. Of course, I can't let you go without some good news. We've got some amazing authors in town tomorrow night discussing their award-winning books, including Super Agent Rich Paul, who'll be at the Harold Washington Library talking about his book, Lucky Me. Melissa Albert will be at the Bookseller in Lincoln Square for her YA novel, The Bad Ones. And Jen Jackson will be at Bronzeville Winery to break down her book, Black Women Taught Us. Links to each event are in the show notes. As always, we appreciate you for listening and reading. We're going to be back bright and early tomorrow celebrating Leap Day with our guides to March. We'll talk to you then. Peace.